okay. All right. <sighs> Whatever. It's it's fine. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show responsible for the worldwide manga shortage. I'm Max. And I'm JR. And I'm very sorry about the manga shortage. I didn't realize... You know... I w- one thing led to another. Yeah, it was it was one of those things you're just kind of messing around and then the next thing you know it's become... So much bigger than you ever intended it to be. I did not um, mean to do all the economics. It was <laughs> it was it was an accident, really. All the economics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, that that really sucks. I I feel bad for anyone who's like trying to read a thing and cannot get a hold of uh, the next bit. Absolutely. I, uh, um, it irritates me. I don't know why. What was I watching last night? But in the middle of it, I remembered, uh, do you remember Crossed? The comic by, I guess originally it was, um, shit. The guy who did Priest and, um, or not Priest. Preacher? Preacher, yes. What's okay. what's his what's his name? The writer for Preacher. Garth Ennis. Yes. I guess originally it was Garth Ennis and uh somebody else. But I couldn't I remember I was like, there was a webcomic, specific webcomic under the same name, written by Spurrier, or Simon Spurrier, that I'm like, I cannot this cannot be one of those fever dream things that I'm the only one that remembers. And going through the internet, like, Googling it, I'm like, this thing doesn't exist. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. There's, this was free. It had its own website. It was real. I'm not crazy. And it, it, you know, it sucks when you know there's a thing out there and you just can't get it. So, yeah. um, I definitely feel bad for folks who were, like, in the middle of something really good and yeah. uh, can't get the rest of it that blows yeah it it really does so um how was your week my week work was weird um a lot of like i i finally have an actual problem at work like i have Mm -hmm. and i have had it for a couple of weeks and that's good. Like, I have actual things to do. The problem is when it's the sort of problem that I need other people's input in, and they are either disinterested or too damn busy to deal with me. Um, yeah. And that's... So there's it's a lot of fits and starts, even when I feel like I'm... The fucked up part... Not fucked up. The, like, backward part is that even though I feel like I'm being productive, it's a lot of fits and starts to get the thing solved. So, uh, mostly good then. Okay. Nothing in the, uh, I mowed the hell out of the lawn on Monday. That sucked. Because it was hot. Yeah. Also, to anyone who lives in the 
Pacific Northwest, not that kind of hot, just regular Midwest Kansas or Kansas City hot. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I I don't know. I so a couple things happened. Number one, I I enjoy. Uh, so I enjoy toys and I enjoy weird rights issues and beside behind the scenes drama. Sure. Um, or at least I thought I did. Uh, but then I watched a five part, probably an hour's worth of video on YouTube about the history of Robotech. And I'm just like, hmm, maybe there's an upper limit. Uh, <laughs> because holy fucking shit. Um, well, there's, so yeah, that was... there's different kinds of intrigue, right? When it comes to that shit. Like, um, the American side is usually fun because it involves... People fucking people over in ways that I get because I'm ext- because I'm American, right? And like yeah. they're extremely fucked up, and it's fun to watch people be. It's fun to watch evil people be evil to other evil people in that context, right? Sure. And when it's the Japanese side, it's like I'm guessing this is kind of the same way, but I don't understand it because i'm not you know culturally i don't get half of what's going on here there's subtext that i just don't get well and it's it's hard in the case of robotech there's like so many fits and starts and false starts and like kickstarters that didn't take off and then like all this other shit and then suddenly like the rights were supposed to be expiring this year, maybe, but then, like, they signed a new agreement and everybody's really fucking happy together. And they've actually worked out a thing because Macross continued in Japan. Yeah. But because of all the weird rights shit, there was only ever one season of Robotech. Right. Uh, and then, like, novels and the odd comics here and there and stuff like that but they weren't able to work out the situation with like a lot of the anime and stuff like that or the vehicle licenses or all this other shit and now it's they've all like shook hands and they're all happy hunky dory and so maybe more macross is going to be making its way to the u.s under the robotech banner and who the fuck knows and like, like I said, it's just there's so much bullshit. Well, it's also been just like almost fifty years now, so there's just a lot of time there you have to work through. As forty, well. it's forty years. Thank you. I thought it was in the seventies. Uh, Robotech was the eighties. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh no, that just no. I'm just joking. No, uh, I know. I was just. I really thought. I legitimately thought it was the 70s. Um, the original ana, anime series that became Robotech, which were Macross, Southern Star, and then something else. Those are were all late 70s. But Robotech came to the U.S. in okay. the early 80s. All right. 
and it's just yeah there's so many there's so many companies that because the company that made the mech designs for robotech the toys that were designed the company went out of business and was bought by bandai who then just licensed it out to literally everybody who had five bucks and so you wound up with jetfire in the original toy transformers toy line you wound up with the valkyries being used in like robotech and stuff like that and then you had other companies who also got the rights to those toys and so you had like multiple toy lines that had Valkyrie designs in them. And it's just, it's a whole fucking mess. But anyway, so that was, that was, I was sitting there like puzzling that shit out. And then yesterday we went out for the first time since lockdown. And uh, first of all, I'm going to be turning 40 in March and uh, day drinking, I can't do it anymore. It fucked me up so bad. Uh, but we went to Updown, the yeah. uh, bar slash arcade, and I'm in this place. And I <sighs> look, I'm not immune to nostalgia. I will not deny that. Sure. Um, I cannot wallow in nostalgia to the same point that the people who apparently own up down can because i walked into this place they've got all the arcade games and everything they have one screen that one or two screens that are showing independence day a couple that are showing mrs doubtfire a couple that are showing reruns of american gladiators and it's just like did your world stop in (laughs) 1997 like what the fuck man you know there's there's a l- there's a lot of history in between it's been 25 years move the fuck on like i can only do up down for uh about an hour yeah and then i've played enough i've played enough skee ball and galaga and maybe one round of dig dug to remind me that i suck at dig dug I also suck at Galaga, but I, I like to think I like to think Galaga is fun. Yeah. Um, I've had three or four beers by that point, and it's time to go home. Um, like that's yeah. that's an or just walk, go for a walk, or yeah. someplace else. the The problem, the other problem with Up Down is that uh, when it was Hamburger Mary's before Hamburger Mary's moved um, to Midtown further midtown uh the patio was beautiful and now the patios it's for some reason that upper deck patio is just cramped and like hmm. full of dudes who are wanting to fight each other slash vomit on each other so i pass um, yeah well i was i went and i played a few things here or there i played through x-men the arcade game because that's that's my jam like sure. play through beat magneto and then i'm good um i played a few rounds of marvel versus capcom 2 which you know when i was in college like i'd sit there and play that game for fucking ever and it turns out now like with with the carpal tunnel setting in i can only play about three rounds before i'm just like 
Go ahead and let it kill me. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, it was frustrating. But we went from there to Parlor. Have you ever been there? No. Where is that? It's, uh, it's not far away. I forget what street it's on. It's kind of, you know where Grinders is? This is getting really specific here. Uh, If you're not from Kansas City, I guess go fuck yourself. Honestly, Uh, though, with the the amount of podcasts that I I have have listened to or will listen to in the future that are set in L.A. that they spend a half hour talking about places on Santa Monica that I'm like, yeah, I know this is for me. Uh, Go fuck yourself. This is my time. Uh, Grinders. Yes. Uh It's near. It's sort of around the corner from Grinders. Uh, And. It's basically like the way it was described to me before we went there is like, imagine if, you know, when you're in a parking lot and there's like seven different food trucks. Yes. It's kind of an indoor version of that. Okay. All right. (laughs) And there's like, so there's like, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's a food court without the mall uh, with like two bars. Is it rotating kitchens? No, no, because we it, went there, to one in Pittsburgh that was, uh, it was that idea, except, uh, they had different restaurants every two or three months. And I don't, that I don't good. believe so. Yeah. It seems a little more set than that, but I'm not sure what the deal is as such. Okay. Um, because there's full blown signage. So I think they're a little more permanent. Sure. Uh, then rotating out, but by the same token, I don't, I don't know. But so you go in and there's like six or seven different, uh, small restaurants and two bars and stuff like that. And you drink and eat and whatever. So we went there after up down and got a little more drunk and <laughs> yeah. So it was it was interesting. Um, I just I feel like shit today. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I'm... I don't I don't drink enough anymore, uh, in general. And then add to that the heat at Updown. Yeah, because uh, that place was fucking hot. And then like just everything. I'm just like oh, <laughs> so. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, what if uh, the new trailer for that came out? Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, there were two concerns that I have currently. Um. One is that a lot of the, a lot of what we've seen so far seems to consist of a lot of what if so-and-so was so-and-so. Yeah. And those are fine, but those are not the most interesting what if, what if stories generally. You know, those are kind of the bog standard, like, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, you know... There were a couple of hints of other things that might be happening and like, okay, let's see more of that. I get it. What if T'Challa was Star-Lord? What if Peggy Carter 
got the so, so serum. Uh, the serum. Fine. Whatever. What's the other stuff? Because doing doing different people as different characters can't be the the main thing you're doing or this show is going to fail. That's going to get really old real quick. I um, agree and I feel like there is I'm trying to remember if there were more what the other things were cuz I can't I can't pick them up out of a lineup. Well, because most of the most of the trailer was T'Challa, Star-Lord, and Captain Carter, and you only got glimpses of other things. There yeah. was something about Hulk. Yes. And there was a brief glimpse of, like, Peter Parker and, you know, a head in a jar. Okay. Doctor Strange was doing something, but I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, but it looked a lot of, like, Doctor Strange stuff. That was the thing that was weird about him. Was, 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 it was like... This looks like Doctor Strange things. Yeah. You're doing Doctor Strange. That makes sense in a... And then uh, Killmonger uh-huh. was the other thing. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's just... I... This is the one of the problems with... Uh, I, had, I heard it described as uh, Marvel's model of storytelling is very character first. I, I mean, MCU model of storytelling is extremely character first and that's and that makes sense i mean the the uh jim james gunn quote being uh you can tell you can have a good movie with good care a good movie with good characters and a shitty story you cannot have a good movie with bad characters Uh, and that makes sense but you also paint yourself into a corner this way where then because it's been so character first, they feel like, well, that's all we got. Um, yeah. So let's just switch that around and see what happens. And it's like, well, okay, cool, but... Right. There's gotta be right. more, guys. You know, yeah, There's there's gotta be more. I mean, you can... There's so many things you can do like that are just... You know, what if, what if Tony Stark got snapped in a, in Infinity War? How would Endgame have played out differently Yeah, since Tony Stark wasn't there to figure out the quantum realm time travel thing? How do you fix it? Yeah. Um, you know, and that doesn't, that doesn't require somebody being something else. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know if we're going to get a lot of that. And the other issue that I have, you know, I'm excited for what if. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just, now that we have seen more, um, now that we've seen more, I'm starting to get into, well, okay, but, air territory here. And the other thing is, the animation looks fine but that's the kind of animation that i feel like doesn't age well that's that's the kind of animation that 10 years from now if i if i'm like if i wind up having another kid okay and in 10 years time 
I'm showing them what if. Then I'm going to have to be like, okay, so the animation is dated. Let's get out of the, that out of the way right now. Uh, the animation you know? is ve- the animation is going to be very very 2020 2021. I, I yeah. think it's going to be very specific to this time period in a a way that think of I guess to me Gumball is very 2010, right? Yeah. Well, or the 2010s, um, and. and- that's that's fine it's just like this is you're going to be able to peg it um immediately and i think that's and, a choice and i don't think i don't think it's even the kind of thing because if i show if i show moira like reboot or beast wars mm-hmm. then you have to you know that comes with okay it's very dated but you have to understand that at the time this was actually pretty awesome. I mean, to be able to do a fully CGI series yeah. was practically unheard of at the time. Um, and to be able to do it as well as they did. I know you look at it now and it's just like, oh. And even huh. some of the stuff at the time was like, okay, that... Eh. Yeah. But what they were attempting to do was impressive and you don't even have that here. Yeah. You don't even have like, well, it was actually really impressive for the time. Cause it isn't. Yeah. You know, you can, you can look at, you can look at say into the spider verse mm-hmm. and you can, you know, 20 years from now, maybe the animation's going to be dated, but you're also like, you can still get into, well, this, the techniques that they were using were actually pretty cool when you break it down. Uh, I don't see that happening here. It's your basic, like, cell-shaded CGI, mm. and that's not bad. It's just not... It's fine. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it, but I, I hope... I hope it's going to surprise me. After that trailer is what it comes <coughs> down to. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Whatever. How how bad is it when a trailer for a What If TV show... Like, I'm, I love What If. How bad is it when the trailer is just like... Man. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know... The stuff we the stuff we've seen it was fine for the teasers, but it's like I expected to have more of an idea of what they were doing. And the only new thing I saw really that that gives me a hint of what we're doing um, was the Killmonger stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The rest of it was either not enough to be able to venture a guess as to what they were doing. Or it was stuff we've already seen before, you know? And so, yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Comics. Sure. Uh, Nova number 25 has a cover by Keith Pollard 
Rudy Nebras and Gaspar Saladino, and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Carmine Infantino, inked by Klaus Jansen, colored by Glennis Ween, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Marv Wolfman and Jim Shooter. Uh, this, I, I feel like this is kind of a disappointing last issue of this volume. And I, and I understand it was, you know, it was canceled, but as last issues go, most of this is just kind of moving us to Fantastic Four, uh, because it's mostly a whole lot of everybody on the Zandarian ship squabbling and getting it diamond head it comes in and he's just like i'm here too and sphinx like shatters him and puts him back together um and like everybody's bitching at everybody else dr sun and the sphinx are fighting over who's going to get the computer and so on and so forth then they're attacked by the scroll fleet and uh repel the attack and then just kind of continue on and that's just the end of the series. And it carries over into Fantastic Four, so we get a wrap-up. But it's just like if, as far as send-offs for a book go, you know, since you can't really... You have no idea um, at any given time whether a character is going to have any sort of life beyond the book you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because Nova now is such that, you know, even if sales aren't that great uh, and the book winds up being canceled, which invariably happens, um, you know the character's going to show back up somewhere else and continue. But as far as they know, this is this may be Nova's last hurrah and this is the last issue and... I wonder it's... how much of that, though, is because this feels like they got told two months before that they were going to get canceled and that the story they were working on can get wrapped up in Fantastic Four. Yeah. And everyone went, okay, that's fine. Um, and because they had enough foreknowledge to do... They had to meld the two books together for, you know, two two months. And mm-hmm. that's why this ends up feeling like, well, that's the last one. Well, I w- one thing I wish, and we... There's a moment or two in here where we check back in with Richard's family. <laughs> Yeah. on earth and they're just like is he ever coming back like what's going on i actually kind of wish we'd ended on that i wish that had been a bigger issue like you you can t- i know you do all the housework of making sure that this is going moving in the direction of hey go read fantastic four right but i feel like instead of being a brief aside that should have been the thrust of this issue is Richard's family is back on Earth. They have no idea where he is, what's happening, and whether or not they will ever see their son again. That's an emotional beat to end a series on if you're getting canceled. I mean, sure. I think moving those 
those pages to the very end instead of having the uh the the cliffhanger be we we won and they're running away because that's the last page is them having defended off the scrolls and now the scrolls told turn tail and run and it's like that's if they would have put that you could have the same beat, but put the pages from the other from the 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 family at the very end here. And sure, I mean that's a hell of a better ending because it makes me go, well, well, wait, wait, yeah, right. What will happen to him now? I feel they, like if they do, did that, maybe there might have been a Nova series again before the nineties. You know? Yeah. I mean, I look. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and sure. I can be a a Monday morning quarterback and say, like, you know, well, if you'd done this, it would have worked out better. But I wasn't there, so fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know, but I'm just I'm just saying, like, if if you'd left us with that, uh-huh. maybe there might have been enough of a fan, like, hey, what happened? <laughs> like, Hi. Yeah. You're leaving it on a more emotional, like, cliffhanger ending of what's, you know, what's going to happen to them? Like, where are we leaving things off? Maybe you could get a bit more interest going in a book and bring it back sooner if you'd done that instead of sticking it in as an aside. Right. That's that's all I'm saying. And and like I said, I reckon this is Marv Wolfman we're talking about here. This is the guy who made uh, the new Teen Titans what they were. So what the fuck do I know? But I'm just saying that I. There was a better way to leave that. Yeah. So. Anyway, so leaving Nova behind for a while. Uh, we move on to Fantastic Four number 206, which has a cover by Keith Pollard, Joe Sinnott, and Danny Crespi, and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Joe Sinnott, colored by Ben Sean, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Marv Wolfman and Jim Shooter. The, a lot, there are so many moving parts to all of this, even though I tried to keep my synopsis short it's really hard to do um so emperor doric of the scroll is getting off watching the trial of the fantastic four and the fantastic four wind up being hit which is to say the three that are here because johnny's still back on earth getting duped um they wind up <coughs> getting hit with a ray that will cause them to die of old age in three days um, they then manage to escape for all the good it will do them. Uh, meanwhile, Adora worries about her dying love, Tanak. Prime Thorin of the, of Xandar goes and communes with the living computer and is empowered in some way. Uh, and Doric has problems with his marriage. Um, and then as the Fantastic Four escape and are approaching Xandar in a stolen scroll ship, that's when Nova et al. appear and uh, attack the ship thinking they're scrolls and destroy it. 
Um, so before I had talked last week, I had talked about how it seems like Nova is the only Nova and I guess I'm wrong. Uh, cause there seems to be a whole lot of Nova's running around, but we only get a, we only get a sense of them, uh, once Prime Thorin is empowered and starts leading the Nova forces against the Skrulls. Right. And I'm just like, how have we not seen any of these motherfuckers going all Nova uh-huh. before now? Like, what? <laughs> what were you doing? These people were attacking your home and you're just sitting in a ha- in a room like, oh no, what will we do? I don't know. Go out there and fly at them. <laughs> Isn't that your thing? You fly at them. Until you can't fly at them anymore. You're human rockets. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess there's a Nova Corps currently? Fuck, I don't know. It's very, very confusing as to... They're... Like, I, I get it, right? Yeah. They're leaving themselves some wiggle room to make... to solidify things later. But at the same time, it's like... That's strange world building, man. Uh, yeah. Like, maybe you didn't know all the rules, but you should have made some. Um, and it's very squishy. Uh, Xandar is extremely squishy right now. And uh, that's irritating. It, it's not irritating. Not irritating bad. It's... Uh, it's just confusing. It's like, okay, wait, are there more of these motherfuckers? What is the world mind doing? It, I know it's not well, the world mind. I know you just went there and communed with a bunch of brains. Also, how yeah. do you have a bunch of brains, guys? Um, there's just a lot of like, you know, you just what society doesn't have a bunch of brains and jars hooked up to a computer? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it, yeah, it's just so very, it's extremely squishy and I wish they would solidify some of it. Um, I, cause I love, I love the idea. Like I'm looking at a picture or one of the panels that has the Xandarian planetoids, the asteroids that they've encased in bubbles and have the paths between the four of them. And I'm like, I really like this idea. Like this design yeah. is cool as shit. Oh, you didn't do anything with that, though. You didn't yeah. do anything else. Um, and that's the part that's a little... Ugh. Come on. Well, and it's it's like... The, prob- the problem that we have here is... You know, if, if Nova is not the only Nova around... Mm-hmm. Then, like, it seems really odd we would not have seen any Nova's prior to now. It'd be kind of like if they, if they introduced Nova into the MCU and it's like, yeah, the Nova Corps was always a thing and they've always had these powers. Then you're like, well, then why the fuck didn't they use them against Ronan in guardians of the galaxy? Like where the fuck were they? And they're just like, you have to have a reason for that. You can't just be like, well, we were holding it back. And I get, you know, to quote the Red Dragon from Bone, never play an ace when a two will do. But sure. you're not you're not like holding back and easily winning. 
you're holding back and your people are dying. Like, what reason did you have to hold off on using the Nova Centurions? Even just a, even just a throwaway line about even our Nova Centurions are powerless to stop the scrolls would have been something. Yeah. But like, you know, if they're not being cut down in the line of duty, what the fuck are they doing this whole time? Right. So, whatever. Moving on. Uh, we take a brief break <laughs> to check back in with Johnny and his foe university in Fantastic Four number 207, which is penciled by Sal Buscema. Uh, on the plus side, we find out that the monocle did not set up this whole thing just to get Johnny. Johnny is one of a number of students uh, who are in a position to steal secrets or money or jewels or cryptocurrencies or, you know, blackmail material uh, from their wealthy and or positioned parents. It's um, as though it's as though they heard us bitching about how <laughs> incredibly insane it would be to do all of this just to take over one idiot Johnny, and we're like, we no, 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 so hard it traveled back in time, <laughs> right? And uh, they were like, no, 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 it is a real university. Monocle just took it over, and we're like, yeah. oh, why? Because <laughs> blackmail and stealing from their rich parents oh you know none of wait yeah the part that's fucked up to me though is that at the beginning when they're stealing from their parents or whatever from their family members so johnny storm can fly right Mm -hmm. like that's kind of part of his deal these other idiots can't how are they getting from connecticut or wherever to wherever their families are presumably some international and back in one night uh in their underwear Mm. i'm just saying you fix one hole but you exposed another uh mm. so they don't don't stress about it (laughs) yeah they mind control uh Okay, yeah, they mind control all the people. Everybody steals something from their families. Uh, Pete gets sent there for... Peter Parker. Since we're talking about Fantastic Four, let's go ahead and clarify. Because if we just say Pete, it'll be like, who? Yeah. Uh... He gets sent there by the Globe for reasons. Well, the Globe... Somebody at the Globe is like, this place is weird. (laughs) And so they're like, hey, go check it out. And so he does. And he encounters Johnny Storm. And the the short version is they wind up teaming up to take down the monocle. There's some general like, human torch, destroy Spider-Man. And he's like, okay. Um, but they defeat him. He escapes. But then his escape pod explodes. Because you don't, uh, you don't cross the corporation or whatever. The Enclave, yes. yeah. Yeah, um, that was his whole plan was the Enclave put him in this position to do something specific for them. 
he right. was accomplishing that and had decided to go rogue and continue being evil uh and the enclave got wind of it didn't want it getting back to him to them and are like well sorry boom um and at the end of this we re- find out that the enclave has the enclave has medusa for reasons um we yeah don't I don't think we find out what that is because we spend the rest of Fantastic Four in space. Yeah. We basically spend the rest of this wrapping this shit up. Um, And, yeah. Um, My understanding is it does get wrapped up eventually, but whatever. It sucks. Uh, (laughs) Fantastic Four number 208... has a cover by Dave Cockrum, Keith Pollard, Joe Sinnott, and Gaspar Saladino. Penciled by Sal Buscema, don't know why I have that. Inked by Diverse Hands. Colored by Glynis Ween and lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, the FF survived the destruction of the Scroll ship thanks to Sue's force field. <coughs> um, so they are brought aboard Nova's ship. Things boil over and the Sphinx and Dr. Sun are now so the Sphinx is like, we've arrived, and starts to disappear. Dr. Sun is like, no, I want the computer, and disappears after him. Meanwhile, Johnny returns to the Baxter building after taking down the monocle, and uh, catches a ride to Xandar, where he catches up with the others, and they all go looking for the Sphinx. He turns out to have found everything he was looking for, because he, if you'll recall... Sphinx's whole deal right now is he wants to find a way to die. Okay? However, once he's in the computer, uh, he discovers more than he ever dreamed, uh, and he uses this knowledge to knock everybody around a little bit, and then takes off for Earth to destroy it. Uh, Reed realizes, after he's gone, that the only hope Earth has is for them to locate Galactus. Um, So, that brings us to Fantastic Four number 209, which has a cover by Keith Pollard, Joe Sinnott, and Gaspar Saladino, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Joe Sinnott, and lettered by Tom Orzakowski. Here we have the first appearance of Herbie. Now, there is... There is a misconception that Herbie was introduced in the 1978 Fantastic Four cartoon because parents' groups were worried that if the Human Torch was on television, children would set themselves on fire. That's not true. The actual reason Herbie was introduced in place of Johnny Storm in the cartoon was because when the when the rights were being worked out... Uh, for the Fantastic Four at that time. Uh, The other three members of the Fantastic Four were packaged separately from Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm was actually optioned for a solo television development deal. And that's why he does not appear in the Fantastic Four cartoon. Uh, so, you know, if you thought it was because kids are dumb, I mean, they are, but yes, that's not why. Okay. Uh, so 
Reed uses Zendarian components to build Herbie uh, with the help of the living computer. Um, and Herbie will assist with the calculations necessary to locate Galactus. Ben, meanwhile, immediately hates Herbie. Um, the new champions are to remain behind on Xandar uh, to defend against the Skrulls as the FF go in search of Galactus. Along the way, they encounter all of these derelict ships in a sort of space sargasso. Um, they have a run-in with some alien criminals, but the situation winds up being resolved after one of the aliens mysteriously dies in the presence of Herbie, and Ben is just like, the robot did it, and Reed's like, the robot couldn't have done it. Um, while this is going on, Empress Rakil of the Skrull murders Emperor Doric and takes control of the Empire, then orders them to pull back and collect reinforcements so they can uh, institute a renewed offensive against Xandar. Uh, there is a lot in this, in this issue about how Herbie is hinky, and we get a lot of that this week. Uh, we will eventually find out why. Um... Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to say, is that, uh, and don't, I guess don't tell me, um, Herbie is a lot different than I thought he was going to be. In a, I thought this was a very, like, cutesy sort of thing, but there's weird, sinister undertones with Herbie throughout the, the reading, mm -hmm. and that I'm just like, well, maybe not even sinister, there's just ulterior motives and I'm yeah. like, what? Okay. I thought this was going to be a very, yeah, cutesy 1970s robot it, it, it kind of thing. And it was, it's not that. It looks like that, which is adds to the, adds to the weirdness. But like, Reed really ought to know better than to make robots with alien intelligences. Like, he's... You can't control what they're gonna do. <laughs> so, if if Herbie ends up being a lot, uh, a lot more than he actually appears, I'm hoping that's the case. And I will be pleasantly surprised, because I thought Herbie was going to annoy the piss out of me. And it's actually thing that's kind of annoying the piss out of me about Herbie. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you're right, but you're you're really fucking loud about it. Like, calm down. Ugh, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Uh, I will. What I will tell you. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you what is going on with Herbie. Yeah. I will tell you. We have everything we need to know what's going on with Herbie. Okay. Uh, because in the reading, I was like, that's probably that. Okay. That's probably what it is. And in the course of doing my notes, it turned out that I was correct. Okay. Uh, what I will say, Herbie was originally supposed to have been designed by Dave Cockrum. But he was really, I guess, not happy about doing it. <laughs> so Herbie wound up being uh, designed by Jack Kirby. 
And I guess it was actually like the last thing he did for Marvel. Um, so I don't know. That's that's my understanding. That's what I was happened to have read was that that was the last thing he did for them. Whatever. Um, before he left again. Um, so yeah. Uh, but Herbie is, Herbie is his own unique quagmire. I do agree. I think the cutesiness of it, the cutesiness of it winds up working like Chucky from Child's Play in that it adds to the menace where it's just kind of like, it's this unassuming thing, but it's actually like killing people. So, uh, well, and it's, I don't know that menace is really what I wanted to convey. It's more like, um, it's just otherness. Like it's yeah. just weird. Like you're, you're not doing the things you're supposed to be doing, which is being, you know, um, I'm trying to think of another like seventies reference robot. Like, uh, the maid from Jetsons, Rosie, Rosie, or without the sass or, uh, um, God, the, the thing that I don't know that menace is the right word. I feel like it's one of those situations where if you had a Furby Mm -hmm. and, uh, you walked into the room and your Furbies were talking to each other about doing something after you go to sleep that night. Yeah, it could be innocuous, but it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they could, they could be talking about, uh, you know, making you cookies, but it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, don't do that. Yeah. Why? Because I, I, I am a man... Who came up in a very specific time period where talking, moving, uh, cute animal things, especially toys, freak me out. Just don't do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, Max. See, that that doesn't help. When you know my <laughs> name, <laughs> that's that's weird, too. I am... Oh. Your, your heart rate is elevated, Max. Stop it. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Fantastic Four number 210 has a cover with by Keith Pollard, Frank Giacoya, and Danny Crespi, and is colored by Ben Sean and lettered by John Costanza. <coughs> After a bunch of bullshit about who's going to sacrifice themselves most nobly, uh, the FF arrive at Galactus's world ship. Um, going inside, he ignores the ever-loving shit out of them, uh, until they set off a... Uh, a zoo escape. <laughs> um, at which point he's like, all right, what do you want? Um, we find out, so the last time we saw Galactus, he had been evolved by the high evolutionary uh, into a floating brain, which then exploded into energy. Blah, blah, blah. Um... Reed had apparently had a warning light set up in his lab that uh, let him know that Galactus was back, but there was so much other bullshit going on, he didn't really have a chance to bring it up to anyone. 
So um, they do eventually, they do manage to get Galactus's attention. And, uh, but he refuses to help them until Reed agree, offers to rescind the vow to leave Earth alone. At that point, is Galactus is just like, hmm, okay, I'll help defeat the Sphinx, but then I'm going to devour your world. And Reed's like, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but Galactus and, is like... And everybody else is like, hey now, wait a minute. Reed? Yeah. I'll fix it. Don't worry. Yeah. And this is this is something that I... I enjoy about Reed, uh, but like I get why the rest gets so fucking pissed off at him. Is that like he's so far he's so far ahead, like he's just like, just just trust me for a minute. I have this under control. I'm gonna do a thing that seems monstrous, but I already have the end game somewhat worked out. Yeah. And uh yeah, and that's what happens here. But before Galactus will leave to go f- confront the Sphinx, he sends them to collect a new herald for him. I like Galactus in this a lot, um, in general. Uh, yeah. Because him ignoring the piss out of them and then being like, fine, what do you want? Jesus Christ. You come in here and you break all my shit. And now, what do you want? We do the thing. No, there you go. Bye. And they're yeah. like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, cool. But I'm gonna eat your planet. Like, uh, uh, yeah, no, we we got you. All right, go get the thing, and I'll do the thing. I I like Galactus a lot in this. Yeah, I feel like if I were Galactus in this situation, my response would just, you know, when they were when they showed up, I would just be like, you seem to have misunderstood this relationship. I, you can't just show up at my house. Like, you told me to piss off, and I did that. Now you're I did that. here. That was supposed Stop to be it. Stop bugging me. <laughs> yeah. Stop bugging me. Let me... I did what you said. Let me live my life. I would like to be an unknowable space god now on my own. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and... You know, it's gotta be annoying <laughs> to just have these people showing up and like, hey, we'd like you to do something for us. And I, I love it. He's just like, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't get to just show up and ask me for shit. <laughs> Remember when what? you literally blackmailed me? To keep me from doing the thing that I do, I'm kind of pissed about that. So no, yeah. Um, you get to go home. That's the best I can do for you. Yeah, um, yeah. I won't destroy you. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you're on my turf. I think destroying you when you're in my house is fine. Um, yeah, we don't have a rule about that. Uh, my 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 favorite Galactus is the Cosmicist. Galactus. The Galactus that's, you know, the Lovecraftian sort of, yes, there are gods in this universe, and they really don't care about you unless they absolutely have to. Right. Um, And and when they do, you fucked up. 
Like, yeah, it's yeah. not, you know, you do not want their attention, right? you know, but generally speaking at best, they are indifferent toward, toward you. Yeah. Um, and that's the Galactus I like. That's mm. the Galactus. When Galactus is just like, I don't know, like when Galactus becomes knowable, he becomes boring. Um, that to me. Okay. So, you know, that's my opinion. Take it or leave it. Whatever. Fuck you. 